Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Interbalance Psychology Center. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Don Raffa. Joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Anthony B. Is that, is that my new, is that my new <laughs> name now? Anthony D. Anthony D. I can't call you Toby. I can't. Just can't um, do it. I can't do it. We've had a lot going on since Batman. This and, summer. Uh, yeah. It's been the end of the tail end of the summer and September. Yeah. I mean, when did we do that? Was it like a month? When did we do our last podcast? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, like a month and a half or something. And now we are at new number. So will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? That's episode 64. <laughs> That's I know it was it was it was a journey to get there, but sorry. That's cool. That was a shock. That was a surprise. I was the first appearing. And that is, you know, Paul. It says the Beatles, but it's a it's Paul song. The Beatles you know, it's Paul. And Paul and he's October 9th. Mm, I don't know if it's when John Lennon it's his birthday or he died. I mean, I don't know, Monday, because they announced it on Monday Night Football. I remember watching it in Howard Cosell. 1981. Yeah. Everybody, I think, knows. But I don't know if that's the date, but these are tangents no, that we do. No, it's his birthday. Yeah, it's a It was his birthday. Okay. I think he died in the like November, December, because it looked it like was. it was a cold football game. I think it was November, like, 11th or something. Sounds about right. Yeah. So today's episode is on psychodynamic theory. Psycho killer. That's what I think of. That's like my Halloween mix that's on there. You have a couple quotes. Mine's from... We're going to do the dueling. Mine's from Siggy. Yeah, the Godfather. And yours is from... Alfred Adler, who is now like the grandfather. Yeah, he's a consigliere to... uh, He's a consigliere. To to, uh, the Godfather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's a lieutenant. He's a top lieutenant of of psychodynamic theory. I'm talking like a Dracula. I was thinking you sounded like Dracula. Uh, you sound uh, like Dracula. I'm like the count from Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. When you One, first said it. two, three. Yes. yes. I was thinking that. It, my accents often transcend into different ones. Yes. It starts out with one, you know, influence. You start Southern and all of a sudden we're in England. Yeah. Or Italian <laughs> yeah, yeah. or Asian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me start off. And this all pertains to or relates to psychodynamic theory. The only person with whom you have to compare yourself is you in the past. What? I do. It reminds me a little bit of what I tell patients as far as, well, particularly like people who have unfavorable comparisons with others, such as cognitive distortion or comparing themselves to themselves when they weren't functioning as good as they are now. So when they're depressed, that helps. So there's a few. Um, yeah, we'll go back and forth. So this one. All right. So thumbs up. Thank you. Thumbs up that one. Okay. So let's see if we like this one better mm-hmm. and we'll vote. It's not a competition. <laughs> well, Why does it always have to be a competition with you? I don't know. Because oh, I'm boy. first born. Type A, neurotic. The only normal people are the ones you don't know very well. Um, Alfred Adler. The only normal? The ones you don't because know. Because you knew them, you would know that they're not normal. So they're normal to you only because... Or there's no normal. Well, yeah, but that's what he's getting at, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying, yeah, you think they're normal. But you know why you think they're normal? Because you really don't know. Because you don't know that. Right. Okay. Right. I, like that. I want to give it a thumbs up. You don't know very well. So there's a far side comic that was cute. It was like the something about a conference for like normal kids or normal having normal parents. And it's one guy that's in there with an empty seat, like empty seats in the whole stadium audience. Okay. 
I'm butchering it. It's not. It's, it's okay. It's a visual. Yeah. The comics are, it's, it's hard to explain a good, you know, comic or political cartoon because oh, it's like, sure. you just yeah. have to, it's a visual, right? Right, right? All right. The mind is like an iceberg, floats with one seventh of its bulk above water. So we don't use our mind. Well, there's so many underlying factors to who you are that we don't show it. It's hidden deep down and sometimes it's suppressed deep down, or actually most of the time we suppress who we really are. For good reason sometimes, and sometimes we shouldn't. And what word did you say? I said shouldn't. No, no, yeah, no. Okay. There is the should jar. I'll put a dollar in it. How dare you say should. So that's true. Often, this reminds me of our previous episodes about fear. People hold back because of fear mm-hmm. or judgment. Or this actually piggybacks on my quote. Mm-hmm. Let me segue to mine. It's easier to fight for one's principles than to live up to them. Ah, for that. Okay. Because, you know, people talk. Oh, right. Don't walk the walk. Yeah, it's easier. I mean, what's the old adage? And, you know, it's kind of a this on me, but you know, those who can do and those who can't teach, you know, it's easier to tell people mm-hmm. how to do things and to say, like, you know, than do it themselves. That way, athletes can't always be coaches. Well, that's why really, no, I really great athletes can't be coaches. They don't get why you can't just be, Good. why can't you just hit the damn ball? <laughs> yeah, it's just, very simple. Or Michael Jordan, yeah. you know, when he was in the front office, he's just like, why can't these guys just play? Like, you right. know. I think it takes the average to the role player, the uh, person on the bench, ability player to be really great coaches because they really had to use their, because they can, I guess they weren't, they weren't gifted. um, um, (laughs) They weren't, you know, they weren't gifted like say Ted Williams or Michael Jordan. So they had to work harder and they can't just do it. Right. And and (laughs) they know what to how to get the best out of everybody because they got the best out of themselves with limited talent. Mm-hmm. So they're overachievers in that sense. All right. One more. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah, two. I'll go with this first right. one. The interpretation of dreams is the royal road to a knowledge of unconscious activity of the mom. That is a mouthful. Sorry. It is a mouthful. You stumble over your lids. So interpretation and dreams. So that's always exciting. About and I used to have a dream book. People will often ask, me, what does this dream mean? I mean, some of this, some stuff's easy. Is that like a dream catcher? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a book. I used <laughs> okay. to have those too. <laughs> um, no, it was an actual book. Is that like a dream weaver? <laughs> dream weaver, I believe in me. Sorry. We transgressed. <laughs> what do you think about dreams? You like them? I like them. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be all the telling, window. right? Well, it's kind of not like a crystal ball, but like the window to our unconscious. Well, I like the whole idea that it's, it's like they're part of a riddle. Like, I, I love that, you know. Like, is it oh, raining no. outside? Oh, no. We uh, need umbrellas today. Ew. Mm, we'll see how this later. Okay. But, um, no, I like dreams. I like trying to figure out what they mean. That's fun. That's just like a puzzle. Well, it definitely is our window to our unconscious and what's going on in our lives. And there's different themes that come up. Sometimes I find with dreams, myself or others, that it could be one thing throughout the day. Like You might notice like a sign or hear a song or a billboard and that comes into your dream and you're like what the heck I just looked at that for one second dreamer you're nothing but a dreamer <laughs> I got all these songs now coming in my oh head because we do song games yes yeah. and we like go back and forth with it okay so, Aerosmith a song dream. yeah oh there you that's go fine. then there's uh, Van Halen that's what dream that's good one. there we go okay we go on and on but sweet on. dreams are made of this oh see you, you have to get the last <laughs> one in right? sure you know. I can dream about <laughs> you if I can't hold you tonight alright I'm done <laughs> You are done. You just don't know it. All right. 
done. All right. Where to go? So Alfred Adler discussed the inferiority complex. We must interpret a bad temper as a sign of inferiority. So, you know, it's very telling when someone is... Temper is a sign of inferiority. Yeah. It's an always? Error. I don't know about always. Yeah. He didn't say always. Mm. He said must. He, he's masturbating. How about can be? <laughs> can be. That would be maybe a good edit. So I w- I'm going to give that one a B plus because it needs to be yeah. edited. I think we need to double A. Yeah, B plus, really? I I give, I'll give it A minus. I'll give it A minus. Nah, B. Ooh. Mm. Boy, one? you're a tough grader. No. Anymore? Yeah, last one. Okay. I'll find them. You don't have to. It's not. Oh. No, I have them. I have a whole screen. Okay. Oh, I this have one's this. very short. Thought is action in rehearsal. How do you think that? Yeah. Yeah. Rehearsal. Yeah. And writing is thinking. Like, so I, I think people need right. to write journal more so they can think better. And, well, it's and, like free association, which is big back in psychoanalytic theory and you just lay on the couch and just talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, of course, I, I know it's like the typical thing to say. It, kids need to write more and it helps them think, but it does. It's just it a thought process. It's helpful. You know, throwing so, up on paper. Some people are afraid of it, of their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they should and be. Because <laughs> then it's in black and white and somebody might find it and, you know. And you say, well, it's fiction. I, just, I write stories about this kooky guy that thinks these things. It's hard to lock your journal. Now you can do password protected, you know, Microsoft. Or, or you can, you know what, you can write it down it. and then throw it away. That's right. Shred it. Shred it, burn it, whatever you need to do. This one is similar to my other one, which was going to be my first one. Exaggerated sensitiveness is an expression of the feeling of inferiority. So when someone's sensitive about something, like hitting a nerve, mm-hmm. right, then they're selling their inferiority. It's kind of similar to the other one. Yeah, but I mean, it's like... It's too general. But you could just talk about, like, okay, if you say this to me or something about, you know, I'm 5'8", so, you know, maybe I have a Napoleon top 5'8", isn't necessarily very tall. Okay, that's an inferior. But if you want to just make a jab at somebody's relationship or something that happened to them that's tragic, that's just, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not that you feel inferior, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, my father passed away, so it's like, well, that might upset me. I'm not inferior. But am I inferior because you had a father growing up and I didn't? I guess so, if you really want to break it down. Yeah, I like this one a little better. Let me throw this one in. Right, catch that one. The neurotic is nailed to the cross of his feet. Neurotic? First of all, that is very... Biblical. Wax, waxing poetic. It's, it sounds very... So... so the neurotic is basically handcuffed or stuck with their fiction. But, but, so the stories they tell themselves. But didn't you say the crucifix or something? No, I said the neurotic is nailed to the cross oh. of his fiction. Oh, okay. So, okay, nailed to the cross. Like okay. stuck, stuck in his fiction. Okay, well, when you I say nailed to the cross, I think crucifix, Jesus, yeah. saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think of that more so people who are neurotic sit with the what ifs and mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if, and nothing ever true. And or if it does, they can handle it. So I'm going to begin my questioning. <laughs> oh, Let me get the lamp on you. Lamp is on me. Yes. It's literally above me. I'm going to interrogate you. Or what is psychodynamic ther- therapy or theory? Yeah. There's therapy and theory. We need the, the theory before therapy, don't you? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. First, you need the hypothesis. Theory, theory. Right. Learn that in science. Yeah. You are right. <laughs> so. Thank you, Mr. Shepard. Wait, you're asking me about theory or therapy? Whatever you want to talk about. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats my boat. 
Well, it started with Siggy. Siggy. It all starts with Siggy, isn't it? All roads lead back to Siggy. <laughs> they generally do. Yeah. yeah, that crazy kook. So it originates from the work of Sigmund Freud. It's a form of talk therapy that explores the connection between the patient's past experience, often childhood, and their current mindset. So usually people hear about it as like, okay, the whole relationship with your mother, relationship with your parents, something from childhood. So it's looking at unconscious desires and conflicts that have as an adult and how that relates any unresolved issues or conflicts or experiences you've had from childhood. So we play those out again. We're unconsciously doing things over and over again on adult relation. So that's the nut, nuts and bolts. And it's, it's not necessarily patient therapy relationship. It's more patient therapist okay. interaction. It can it's, be. It can be, but, it, but it's more based or more centered around the patient's relationship with their past or the external world. It is that, but it's also patients play out how they are with other people with us. And that's called transference encounter. So what what's happening in the room is often how people are. Now, the difference between that and psychoanalytic theory. Mm-hmm. Let's go with therapy. They're both talk therapy, um, right? Yes. It's called PDT. I'm just going to say that just for instead of being a mouthful. Okay. They are inherently related, sometimes they're used interchangeably. Psychoanalysis refers specifically to Dr. Freud's theories, while PDT refers to his ideology as well. So it's kind of like this theory that he made and then branches out with different types of psychodynamic, because okay. there were different followers, obviously. And the early childhood experiences, it's that psycho, psychodynamic. Oh, yeah, all of it. Is. Yeah, oh, okay. All of it yeah, it's like an umbrella okay. of psychoanalysis. And then from there, branches. Oh, okay, out. so it's like Lutheranism and the byproducts of Lutheranism, or all these other religions and faiths. Like that funnel back. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a family tree. Of mm-hmm. All right. So, who's a good candidate for psychodynamic theory? Anybody, or who do we maybe strike? Or like, this isn't going to work for you. Well, I have people who come in who specifically say they don't want to talk about the past. Well, okay, you- so do you say bye? I mean, how, how do you? <laughs> no, how does that happen? But I want, I want to work on current. Problems. You can't. It's, isn't that impossible? Well, or, do you, or do you go, okay, sure, we'll talk past, and then can, <laughs> the I can I wiggle it in? Yeah. yeah. So people coming in specifically for a current problem, CBT is usually present day oriented, and it's let's talk about this current problem, usually it's 12 to 20 sessions. However, we have to dig a little bit into yeah, the past, it's like, not what did you do when you were 10 years old and how that make you feel kind of Yeah, stuff. I want to get ready for bikini season, but I'm going to eat anything I want. Well, then guess what? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I want to get in shape, but mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't want to lift weights or nothing. Well, right, to. they're scared of that, or they come in and they say they've already resolved things from the past, and maybe that's defense mechanism. But we have to visit it, even if we're talking about belief systems, core beliefs, or when personalities developed around six patterns of behaviors, and when did this start? So, yeah. So usually, what they mean, I guess, is their parents, or maybe there's a past trauma. Well, it's okay to say I don't. There's certain things I don't want to talk. And maybe you understand why. And then maybe mm-hmm. as they build more trust with you, they are more apt to, you know, right. I can't believe I'm talking about this. Right. Well, that's just right. it. I was going to say, as far as success goes, the success of psychodynamic therapy comes down to three main factors. The therapist's ability and experience, because we need someone who's come, not just throwing it up on a piece of paper that says, hey, I do it. The compatibility between the patient and the therapist. So getting along and trust is very important. And whether the person is 
well-suited, meaning that they're open. Their openness has to be there. Diving consciously. So, and like, do all therapists learn about this in school, or is it like a, a class or? A- yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's yeah, like in any kind of psychological theory, we always start with it because it's the foundational area of study. And most clinical psychology programs offer that, as well as master's degree programs, to kind of start with. You have to, I mean, first wave, so it's there psychotherapy and talk therapy with Siggy. I don't know why they all came from there. Adler was from us. Hmm. Austria too. And like it varies in the time it takes to work. Time it takes to work. It could be short, kind of. Like historically it was years and years and years. And now it still could be like two years or so. Yeah, did he but, say that I think remember you said one time that Floyd would he 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 looked at like three or four times a week. Yeah, psycho like, intensive psychoanalysis is like three times at least three times a week. And then it could be I guess as short as twelve to twenty sessions, but traditional paths have actually been longer. I mean, some people have been in there. So is is that I guess oh now the sun's coming out. Yeah. This, this is, is crazy. Happens. It's a crazy time. So <laughs> do you think that you know, I don't mean to make a blanket statement about this, but like, do you think most people don't want to talk about their past in general, again, other than something really traumatic happening? But just, you notice that a lot of people have a hard time because they, because you never look back on your successes and with great remembrance. It's always your failures, right? And that's why I think a lot of people have a hard time looking at their past because all they think about is the what it could have shouldn't and and opportunities that they didn't take advantage of or things that mm. they feel that were their fault. Regrets. Yeah. And everybody feels that way, don't they? About their past. Most people do. Can't say everybody. Right. But people tend to compartmentalize those things. Or if you're depressed, beat yourself up unnecessarily, have unreasonable expectations, you have a lot of guilt, and they're stuck in the past. People are anxious or you know, stuck in the future basically with the what ifs. But one thing about psychodynamic therapy, it emphasizes trauma, past trauma and how it affects current emotions. So you kind of got to go there. I think I like to talk about past. I mean, I'm history. So I, there you go. Bingo. Ding, ding, ding. No, I've been a history nerd. And so mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily lend itself to therapy. There might be some, we'll talk about your past, but let's talk about that all day. You know, so, Mm-hmm. But I, I do. I like to talk about my family history. I like to learn about other people's family history. It's just a curiosity. And I think it lends itself to more. Well, psychodynamic therapy's success relies heavily on trust. Trusting the therapist, because you're talking about really sensitive and traumatic experiences. And also trusting the patient that they're being honest with you. And because they come in with all their defense mechanisms to mm-hmm. wanting to maybe reveal certain things or have a sense of denial. Right? Mm-hmm. So it has to be a blend. It's not for everyone. It's not one size fits all. But psychodynamic therapy can be helpful for things such as PTSD and depression. It can really take care of anything. What? Why do you like to generalize these statements? I like to break it down. can take care of everything. It's not a one size fits all. It's not a... It's- <laughs> it's not a fixer upper for any, any anything that ails you. No, it's not, not get, this, get a little this tonic. Well, I was just gonna color. say, there's some tonic. <laughs> Let's go down to the festival and bottle some psychodynamic therapy and mm-hmm. sell it. Yeah, but only if you're gonna buy something, you may want to haggle. That's why you go down there. I didn't haggle. You didn't haggle. Well, I didn't. He, the worst I'm thing he could, you know what the worst thing he could have said was? No, that's it. 
That's all. I know. I didn't think of haggling. And then you would have bought it eventually or not. I don't know. But like you, you the know. oil, the oil of psychodynamic therapy. Mm-hmm. How much should we charge for it? We put it in a bottle. Oh, gosh. That, that, well, that, that'd be something. Proper like, labeling. Truth and labeling. Yeah, we do. Like $300 for a little elixir. Yeah, it's a little drop. All you need is a drop. And you'll have, like, you know, everything. Just for that, but that lasts only a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the first one's free. Okay. Yeah. Like and then you come, but you know where to find me. Right. In the alley. In the alley. I'll be, right. I'll be yeah. waiting for you. The street fair. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So um, people are scared of it. So Alfred Adler, do you want to know about him? Tell me about. A-A. Tell me about Double A. AA. He's an Australian. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. Stop. Triple A. They have 12-step programs. <laughs> No. Okay. He's an old old soul. He's he, an old um, soul. He's Austrian as well. Mm. What's he, with that part of the world? And they came up with talk therapy. It's, right? They mean, came from them. I don't know. He was an Austrian medical doctor, psychotherapist, and he found the school of individual psychology. His emphasis was on belonging, family constellation, and birth order, set him apart from Sigmund Freud. And he coined the term inferiority complex. That's a big one to coin. I mean, because we we hear that all the time. Yeah. Well, he had one growing up. His backstory was he got the rickets and he was very sickly. He got Mm -hmm. pneumonia and the doctor said that, you know, told his parents he probably wasn't going to make it. And he hated his older brother who was the mom's favorite. Mm -hmm. So. So do you know he was an ophthalmologist? No. Right. And he switched to general practice. And his clients included circus people. <laughs> circus people. Are they around today? Circus people. We <laughs> find circus people advertised for the Philly. Well, the rumor, the rumor was my mom's father is an acrobat. <laughs> really? Yeah, seriously. Like, you know, because we, we didn't know him. He just kind of like left the family, but he was in a traveling circus and he was an acrobat. Okay. I, I, I didn't get those genetics because I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> So he suggested to the circus people that they had unusual strengths and weaknesses and organ inferiorities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about my grandfather that basically bailed on him. No, and he and he was Italian. And they're probably like a big family acrobat like group. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing some research now. Do, like, do ancestry? Do no, do yeah, it's fine. I want to know how much Italian you that would are. Be I'm seventy five. You are seventy five. I'm seventy five, and I <laughs> I trump you. All right, so your birthday gift is going to be the ancestry. No, DNA. I ain't doing I'm that. Making you do it. Don't need to. I'm going to take it's your waste saliva. Of money. I'm going to take your saliva. <laughs> Not without me knowing about it. You're going to be like sneaking <laughs> up on me while I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> take it out. You're a sure. We're going to set up your side. I know you're more Italian than me. Much but more. I don't think, no, you're not. Look, I'm going to have freaking do it. Where'd that tan go? Mine's still here. It's yeah. Still tan. Brown as a berry. What? Me. No. Very olive. You, know, you hear what I said? With brown eyes. I'm going to be an Italian citizen. That's nice. Mm, I can buy property then. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant was an Italian citizen. <laughs> no, I dare say he was a uh, footballer at time. He was? I said, I dare say he was. No, no. Was he Italian citizen? Uh, yeah, he played in Italy. His dad played in Italy. So I think he, he may have got him Italian citizenship. But he's like, yeah. Get out of here. I told you. Hmm. Yeah, Bean Bryant. His dad played for the Sixers. He played for a lot of teams. I don't know. We had looked at it. We had a fact check. 
Okay, so Alfred Adler, let me see. Basic principles. He was influenced by Kant in me. That's nice. Can't find him. I'm just like, so is something that is a little bit more, I wouldn't say outdated, but there aren't a lot of current therapists who practice it fully. It's in the back of our mind and we bring in talking about unconscious desires and things like that. It isn't necessarily. So it would be looked upon um, yeah. as in the Renaissance as the classics. Like you study it, but mm-hmm. it, it influences you on some Yeah, and the classics with things like music. Right. You know, that comes up like people but, who are classically trained may not, they're influenced by it. But right, not. it's more baby boomer thing. I would say so. There yeah. aren't a lot of younger right. practicing. By the way, I just wanted to let you know. You know I'm analyzing it, correct? What? You know how many you know, you know many times people ask me that? Are you analyzing me? Yeah, I'm analyzing you too. I just I don't have a PhD, <laughs> but I'm analyzing. You know, the way I'm sitting, the way I'm leaning. I got my opinions about you. Oh, I'm sure yeah. You. yeah, yeah. People ask, and I always give them the answer. No, I turn. It's true. I turn it off. And you know who I found to be after. the most paranoid people is it when it comes to being judged and analyzed? Psychologists. <laughs> no, I think so because they're like, on no, the two that you it's said. like, you know, you're not allowed to do that to me. I do that to people. Don't judge me. Seriously. I, out of the two that you met? Oh, wait, wasn't I at a Christmas party or two? Yeah. Or not, there's <laughs> only two psychologists. Okay, true. true, true. <laughs> you mean therapists too. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it depends. Right. So, any more questions? Well, I have, no, I have a statement, though. I'm very close to getting, you know how I, I like to get. Uh, people to interview. I'm very close mm-hmm. to, to getting uh, a guest here uh-huh. on Talk Therapy for you to interview. Okay. And his name is Sigmund <laughs> Freud. Really? Yes. You got in touch with his people? I've been reaching out and making more moves in U-Haul, and I think I have a chance of getting him here wow. for a short interview, exclusive. Yeah. And yeah, he asked for some things like in the writer, like he wants certain, you know, because you know how prima donnas can be. So maybe he needs like a bowl of M&Ms, but take out all the green and brown. I forget. I think he wants Coca-Cola. He wants some Coke. He wants wants some Coke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was Coca-Cola. But he did, you know, he asked for some Coke. I hope it's Coca-Cola. He'll probably go, what is this? (laughs) You know, red cans. And a (laughs) Chez. Yes. So I have a Chez. Okay. There we go. It's one last thing I have to get. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully, um, hopefully we make we can make that happen. That would be cool. That'd and then be- we can start a whole series of special guests. Yes. Historical figures coming that in. That sounds like a great idea Duck. that somebody thought of about <laughs> 45 minutes ago. It is. That people were talking about, that you and I were talking about 45 minutes before we started hearing this. Creative director. Or you just came up with it now. No, I didn't come up with it now. I can't take cred. I would never do that. Unconscious desires. Remember that. <laughs> okay. Take away from today. We really should. We, we should video these shows so people see my see, see this. Yeah, see this exchange. <laughs> yeah. I've been told I'm very animated. You're animated. Yeah, so like, it's, oh my. Mm-hmm. Video, videos of me being animated, quirky, and mm-hmm. fun. Funny. All right. Let's let's wrap this right. up. Thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbd.com. Just want to say that at Inner Balance, we have some group therapy going on. Check out our website for that. And also a couple new therapists who have joined us on staff in Philadelphia.
So email us if you have any questions at info at innerbalancepsychology.com. Remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.